What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. have a little bit of time to cut a little episode, a little podcast episode here, because I just uh, dropped my son off at uh, church. He uh, goes up there a little early on Wednesdays. He's helping uh, teach youth pastor's daughter base, and uh, you know he's getting ready for the small group that he uh, helps out with and everything. So um, figure I would have this time in the car to talk a little baseball cards with you. Um, I was thinking about this uh, earlier. I think it's kind of interesting how you have a lot of cards that you could place an extreme value on um, that other people might simply not value whatsoever. And uh, this is especially apparent to me, at least, in uh, the rare 90s and 2000s cards. Like, by the way, y'all, this is like one of my favorite time periods of baseball cards, by the way. They, there was like an explosion of these like incredible inserts and parallels. They were born of competition. And, uh, you know, because it wasn't just Tops as the only uh, uh, player in the game. There was, uh, you know, Donruss, there was Fleer, there was Score, all kinds of uh, upper deck, you know, all kinds of these card companies that were, uh, you know, biting for the top spot. So they had to try to keep outdoing each other. And as a result, it came out, they came out with like some of the most beautiful cards ever. And uh, uh, a lot of these, this is really kind of when, this is really kind of the birth, like in the mid 90s, the birth of the rare serial numbered card as well. Um, you know, where you have some cards that start out with like a 93 Topps Finest Refractors, for instance. Uh, they were probably some of the first fairly rare ones at 241 copies that were created of each one. And this is kind of like, uh, that's kind of like what's been said or whatever. But before that even, 1991 Donner's Elites, I think they were numbered to 10,000. Nobody uh, pulled those out of boxes. <laughs> you know, they were, they were so, uh, they were so sought after, but they were so diluted because of the millions and millions and millions of 91 Donner's that were created. Um, of course, you go further into like 96, you have the mirror gold parallels there that had a, a print run of uh, 30. And then 97, you have like the totally certified that were numbered to 30 for the Platinums. And, uh, you know, 98, you have some like the Z-Axis uh, twos that were out of 20, the Crusade Reds that were out of 25, and there's some others that are out of uh, the 20s. There's also like a Bowman Chrome uh, Anniversary Gold Refractor that was out of five. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of them that are like very, very low numbered. And the thing is this, it's kind of funny because you almost have two tiers of cards. You have the cards that only a certain sect of people that love. So let's say, for example, uh, Albert Bell. There is a very limited number of people that care about Albert Bell at all. You know, same with Conseco, same with... Uh, uh, you know, in varying degrees, Bonds, McGuire, Clemens, and, and so, you know, certainly some of these guys have way more uh, fans than others. But in the grand scheme of things, there's still, there's swaths of people out there that don't really give a rip about these guys. They think that they're the tainted steroid era players. They don't care about them. In fact, there's a lot of people out there that will still ask from time to time, is a Barry Bonds card really worth anything? And yeah, there's some Barry Bonds cards that will go for thousands of dollars. Typically speaking, these are the ones that are the rare ones from uh, the mid to late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, same goes for Kinseiko, McGuire, uh, you know, a lot of these other guys. Uh, A-Rod, you know, there's some super expensive cards out there 
that people just don't know about. They're, they're not aware of. So what happens is a lot of times is if you have, for instance, like an Albert Bell card, um, let's say, for example, it's a 98 Crusade Red, just as an example, or a 99 Fleer Brilliance 24K. Uh, I love that card, guys. Like, oh, beautiful. So let's go with that one. Let's say a 99 Brilliance 24K comes up, print run of 24 for Albert Bell. Uh, and let's say that there's really only three guys that are hardcore that really love Albert Bell. And let's stop there for a second and talk about what makes them hardcore Albert Bell collectors. Why on earth would somebody care about Albert Bell when you have Mickey Mantle, Ken Griffey Jr., Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, Derek Jeter, all these other amazing guys that seem to dwarf the career of Albert Bell. Why would anybody care about Albert Bell? Same would go for almost like Bo Jackson. You know, he didn't really have incredibly insane numbers, right? So why? Well, uh, when it comes to these players at the very beginning um, of their uh, career, all the way through the end, you, uh, you have some monumental moments that you can remember in your head that really imprints on people's uh, hearts and minds as kids when they're growing up. Uh, Albert Bell, for instance, you might remember when he was uh, running the bases and uh, uh, or maybe as somebody else, I think he was running the bases and he literally ran over like a second baseman and, and almost concussed the second baseman. Think, I think that's what I recall. I mean, just a big, mean-looking guy, you know, and and just uh, he, he was like the second baseman ran into a brick wall, you know, and uh, things like that, or or like monster home runs. A um, an absolute moonshot will imprint in the mind of somebody more than you know ten home runs that are just barely made over the fence because people will start creating video clips of these insane monster blasts, you know. For for Bo Jackson, for instance, you might remember uh, sometimes when he would use his cannon arm to throw somebody out, uh, you know, from uh, at home when he was all the way out in right field. I think he was right fielder. He was center or left fielder, I don't recall. Um, but, uh, you know, that guy could cover some ground, you know, and like you could remember him also running up, uh, you know, the, the outfield wall uh, as well. I mean, just doing these like superhuman things, right? And this sticks with people and it gives these players that had maybe lackluster final statistics, uh, superhero status for a lot of people. And so as people are coming back to the hobby and they've been doing this over the last, uh, you know, last number of years, uh, they have money now. They have something that they didn't have when they were kids, right? So, uh, and you know, when you buy, like, let's say, for example, a, a 1990 Leaf Albert Bell, uh, his, you know, his rookie card, his, like, best rookie card that I can tell, that I can think of off the top of my head, um, and where that might have been a big deal to a 10-year-old decades ago, now it's not. Not only is it not a big deal uh, to everybody, it's not a big deal to anybody, really, uh, because... You can probably pick up a 90 Leaf Albert Bell for a buck now or something. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Uh, but that's because uh, I haven't priced 90 Leaf Albert Bells in quite a while. Um, but in any event, so you have that. And then uh, and then people start looking uh, You know, when they're adults. They think, well, I kind of want to dominate this area of collecting. I want to be the guy that has like the best stuff. 
I want to get the best possible example. So that's why you have these guys that are getting PSA 10 cards of these players or BGS 10 uh, cards of these players so they could have the perfect copy of their favorite card as a kid. Well, then they start finding out that there's some super rare cards. They're like, they start realizing 90 Leaf isn't his best card anymore. It's probably the 96 uh, Select Certified Mirror Gold. And guess what? You have other fans from other parts of America that thought Albert Bell was the bee's knees as well. And now they have money too. <laughs> and not only that, you also have the set collectors. So you have all these guys that are going after these amazing cards. And let's say the, and I don't remember, but I remember seeing, I uh, don't remember what the cost was, but I remember seeing an Albert Bell 96 Mirror Gold sell uh, a couple years ago. I think it went for $1,000 or something. I could be wrong, but you know, I think that's, uh, that's right. And so to the average baseball card collector, you think, what? That's ridiculous. Why would somebody pay a grand for an Albert Bell card? Do you know what else you can get for that? So, uh, but the thing is this, is the winner of that card and the underbidder and maybe one or two others before that might treasure that card more than a Ken Griffey Jr. or a Ty Cobb or a Babe Ruth because of the nostalgia that's attached to that player. And I find that interesting, especially in my Conseco stuff. Like, uh, there's some cards out there uh, that I have that I don't think I would ever get rid of. But that said, I've said that before a number of times, and I have gotten rid of them. Uh, <laughs> but I've been able to get back the majority of them. Uh, but I think I would find it easier to move a Ty Cobb or a Shoeless Joe Jackson or a Babe Ruth more than some of my rare Conseco cards, even though... Uh, the rarest of rare Conseco cards are dwarfed in terms of value and uh, and how much people would covet these cards uh, over the, you know for the uh, the Cobbs, the Ruth, the Joe Jackson, that sort of thing. It's not even on the same level, not even the same like stratosphere. So it's kind of interesting to think of it that way, you know, where where I have this like let's say uh, 97 Pinnacle totally certified platinum. Jose Canseco and a T206 uh, Ty Cobb uh, bat off. I love both of those cards. I could never see me selling either one of them. Um, but the Cobb is probably four, five, six times more valuable uh, to the average collector than uh, the Canseco is. And, and really to most collectors, it's probably, they would think on the outside, from the outside looking in, that's probably worth 2,000 times more, <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of people that probably think it's like, oh, okay, it's a $5 Conseco card when, you know, it's certainly not. But um, anyway, it's just, a, it was just a, an interesting thing. I know this is like a real short clip here, but uh, I wanted to drop this off, uh, this, drop this episode off to you. That way you can kind of have something to listen to. And I wanted to talk a little bit about baseball cards and just kind of some things I was, uh, I was thinking about on my drive up here. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, hope you all have a Fabulous rest of the day. Bye.